You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. I've got a great group today and two of our guests today our goal chat regulars, and we've got my new friend and a goal chat irregular. No, Laura Leach, who is a career coach, and we met recently, and we're talking about the topic, and I'm like, oh my goodness, you need to jump on to the soft skills, because in career, in life, in whatever, you need your soft skills. We also have with us Eliza David, whom we have to thank for the topic, because she reached out and said, hey, Deb, I want to be on your show. And we went back and forth and we came up with this great topic. And of course, we have our leadership expert, Tom Reed, also a Gold Chat regular from the beginning of Gold Chat. So we're going on over three years now that we've known each other virtually. And this is great. So I'm very excited about the topic. Uh, Why don't I let you all introduce yourselves a little bit more. And Eliza, let's start with you. Uh, Please tell people who you are, why you are here, um, and also fix the myths about your name because we may confuse people. (laughs) I think we might. Hi, everyone. My name's Eliza David. That is my writer's name. So that's how you'll find me on social media, which you'll be able to find me uh, on most social media under that name, except here on LinkedIn, where I'm under my real name, which is Kelly Forkenbrock. So uh, by day, I am Kelly Forkenbrock, the public services librarian for a small rural library here in Iowa. Uh, And by night and some weekends, I am Eliza David. I am the author of 13 novels uh, and uh, Pitch Wars nominee, uh, part of the writer's rooms here, a local writing collective here. And I'm here to talk about uh, soft skills because soft skills show up in all parts of my life. As a librarian, uh, in my service to the public, I use soft skills quite frequently. Uh, Before I was a librarian, I spent 20 years in the private sector doing marketing, public relations, uh, project management. So I've used soft skills throughout my 20 plus year career. And as a writer, uh, especially as a writer of fiction, uh, soft skills show up not only in how I do my business and how I do my marketing for my books, but also in my characters. So uh, I'm really thrilled to talk about this subject. I'm so glad I was able to talk with Deb and uh, present it to her. And I just can't wait to talk with everyone out there and everyone on the panel. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. And uh, this is the thing about soft skills. 
We all know that they're needed and necessary, but I think it's even in the last couple of years, I hear everywhere I turn, people are talking about soft skills. So definitely something we will dive into more of. Um, I'm gonna flip over to Laura. Laura, welcome. And please introduce yourself. And like I said, we were talking and I'm like, oh my goodness, perfect for the conversation. So please jump on in. Well, thank you. Thank you um, so much for having me. I'm super glad that we were able to meet and talk last week. Uh, my name is Laura Leach, and I am a um, certified career coach um, through the IACC and the WABC. Um, I was a recruiter for 23 years before moving into the coaching um, uh, world. And I focus primarily on female tech leaders and help them simplify the process of transitioning to a career with purpose and really focus on negotiating a salary that they deserve. Um, and I'm super glad to be talking about uh, soft skills because um, I think they show up not only in, 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 you know, in my world as a, as a coach and helping people, you know, feel confident and prepared and assured that they're putting their best foot forward. But I think that on the other piece of it, it's, it's, um, we talk a lot about soft skills when it comes to executive presence and it, how we present ourselves and how we show up um, in, in, before the job, be, before the interview or in the interview or even after. So it's something that I focus on. Um, I, I focus on what I call executive presence for the non-executive. And I think a lot of those soft skills um, kind of feed into that, that topic. So glad to be here and thank you so much for having me. Oh, fantastic. And we will talk more, but now we need to bring over Tom. So Tom Reed, welcome. Hello. So Deborah, I'm really excited and I'm honored that you've asked me to come back. I think this is the second one of these that um, we've done together. And um, my background is actually in the Byzantine world of government contracting. I practiced government contract law for over 35 years to the point that I, I am now sought out as an expert witness in trials because of, of my knowledge about such things. But a few years back, I was very bothered by the fact that I was looking at my own collection of leadership books and I'd read them all. And I was thinking about the college degrees and the programs and the think tanks. And we have so much knowledge, apparently, about leadership. And then we look around and we have to say, well, you know, that's great. Well, why don't we get it yet? Because there's an awful lot of non-leaders filling leadership positions, and it's, it's a bane on all of us, and it's a global problem. So I sat down to figure that out, and I borrowed from the, um, the principles of project management, and I took the work breakdown structure, which is the, the description of all the things that have to be done in order for a project to be complete. And from that, I, I wrote this, this thin little book called uh, Sustained Leadership, WBS, and from that, I took 229 elements of leadership because I'm all for the seven habits and I'm all for the five things and I'm even all for the one thing, except they're incomplete. And when you take the 229 elements that, that I outlined, you put them in a work breakdown structure format, you end up with something that looks like this that you can't read and I realize that. Uh, but it is available online where they're all broken down. So when people start talking about soft skills, uh, I'm happy to do that. And they are important and everyone needs to improve in their soft skill arena. In my area, we covered it in the areas of empathy, communication. There's different areas where, where it's broken down there. But I, I just want to caution you that, yes, develop your soft skills. 
and then develop all your other leadership skills, traits, attributes that you need. This is only a slice of that big pie. And that would kind of be my my caution as we start down this path this evening. Well, you mentioned pie. I always say that food is mentioned at some point, <laughs> usually not this early and usually actually related to food. But it uh, you've got a really great point here because everybody thinks they know things and some people do, right? But it's not the soft skills and the hard skills. It's It's not a fight. It's learning all of the things and developing what you have deficits in so you are the more most complete person humanly possible. Right? Absolutely. Okay. I love it when I ask rhetorical questions and people also agree. Uh, but let's, let's start with the real big question, and you've all kind of alluded to it, but what are soft skills? Eliza? I, I will start by saying something that uh, I quoted last night during Gold Chat last night. And I, the simplest way that I can define soft skills are that they are skills that activate the human side of business. And I always thought of soft skills as something that was just kind of an additive, something that could be kind of the cherry on top of a presentation or, an in, or a dialogue. But what I've found, especially since I've moved from... 20 years in the private sector to my new career in the public sector is that soft skills, those skills are interwoven throughout all of your dialogue and communications, uh, whether it's an email, face-to-face, or via Zoom. Uh, I think that uh, soft skills really do activate that human side of business and really give your partners and uh, folks that you are collaborating with an idea of your sensitive side, of your human side, and of empathy, which I think, especially over these past two years, empathy is needed by the boatloads in business. Uh, so that's my quick and dirty definition of soft skills. Now, before we move on, I want I want to call back to what you said when you were introducing yourself. You use it for your writing too. So how I do. does that factor in? Well, um, every even the villain needs to have a soft side. You know, you'll find that most villains in literature. Uh, have an origin story uh, that can be a bit, a little bit more empathetic, and that allows the reader to relate on some level to the antagonist. And I've found that soft skills really help out a lot when I'm building my antagonistic characters, when I'm building my characters who are quote unquote, the bad guys, uh, implementing, you know, empathy and using that as a device to develop my characters all comes from soft skills training. It comes from years of soft skills training that I had uh, in my private sector life. I worked for 10 years at ACT, the American College Testing Board. So I worked with state contract, multi-million dollar state contracts and soft skills were needed there. And I used that in my writing as well. So I love that soft skills can show up in all facets of business, both creative and those that are more on the business side of professional. In in life, you know, yes. it's life skills. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing that that you all hear me talk about is it's not just about the professional goals, the personal goals mm-hmm. as well. And this is the the skills for both work for everything. So why not embrace jump in, right? So Tom, how do you define soft skills? I, I view the soft skills as any time 
two or more people are interacting. Because people and their personalities, if I can use the term, they're a wild card. And, and even on different days, people are different people <laughs> in the sense that you have good days, you have bad days, you have things with your mind. And, and I wrote about some of this when I talked about the, what I call the 824 syndrome. We're with people in the workplace when we have workplaces. We're with them in the workplace eight hours, roughly. Yes, some people work more, some less, but basically eight hours. But when we show up with others, we bring our whole 24-hour person with us. And if we've got a sick child or sick parent, if we've got financial issues or, or the bathroom sprung a leak or the dog died, or I mean, take your pick. We all go through life and these things happen and we bring them to the table when we interact with others. And so the, the reason I, I think of them as soft skills is that you can't have hard and fast rules. And with people, that's where you need the most flexibility. You need to read the person. You need to be able to tell what's going on. You need to tell what's important to them. Same is true in sales and marketing. You know, how do you draw an empathetic response from the potential customer? How do you identify with them on an emotional level since most purchases are governed in large part by the emotional reaction to things? So the soft skills to me are, are rather broad, broader than some other people define them, I know, because it is any interaction. Any interaction you have with another person, be prepared for the unexpected. And that way you're, you develop your soft skills by being able to adjust and be flexible with people for their 24-hour person they bring to your, and it may not be eight hours, maybe a 10-minute interaction, but you'll discover a lot through those interactions. So it's really just prepping to be human in a better way when you're interacting with other humans? Uh, I would say yes. Uh, let me approach it from this angle. We care about what's going on in our lives. And, and it's like people will say, oh, well, I don't want to go out with my arm in a cast because people will stare at me. And, and the odd thing is nobody's really paying that much attention to you. <laughs> you, know, you, you aren't the center of everybody else's universe. Uh, and so it, it's that kind of a thing where you have to turn yourself outward to others be observant, be situationally aware. I mean, there's so many other things that come into this idea of the soft skills, because if you're not situationally aware, if you're not empathetic, if you're not a good communicator, I mean, take your pick. You can screw up the soft skills a lot of different ways. And that's why when I, I lay out my list of 229 elements and everybody goes, oh my God, so many things. Yes, but they all interrelate and, and there is a pattern to them and it's what makes us us as we interact with other people. Got it. Very cool. And, and Laura, I'm sure you have a half a dozen takes on this, but let's start <laughs> with the, the basic question is, what is your definition of soft skills? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of agree with both Eliza and Tom, but I don't really have a solid definition. I don't think I've ever really defined soft skills, but how I see it is similar to um, how um, Sylvia Ann Hewlett describes it in her executive presence book. And that's how we act, how we speak and how we look. And I think it's both from the inside and the outside. So when we're thinking about how do we want to show up, um, how do we want to show up in a room? How do we want to show up in, in an interaction? How do we want to show up in a relationship or a conversation? What does our body language say? It, are we bringing you know, all of our 
our 24, as Tom calls it, to the table? And are we wearing all of our heart on our sleeve? Or, oh, do we have a different composure that we um, that we put on or a different persona that we put on? So I think it's kind of the inside and outside for me. Um, uh, those soft skills are both. They're how we interact with other people, how we are perceived and how we want to be perceived. And that is how we act, how we speak and how we look and how we just show up in a room. Um, to, to me, that is like to the simplest definition. And I think if we look at it from both lenses, I think it, it, it touches both Eliza and what Tom is both are saying as well. Well, perception is nine tenths of the law. Wait, no, that's no, possession. That's right. <laughs> but it feels, this, I, I, yes, I knew what I was saying. Please. <laughs> I'm just never funny when I'm trying to be. So I <laughs> try not to be, but, but perception like possession is really the crux of how any, uh, we look at everything from our lens, right? Mm-hmm. And whether we're interacting with people or writing or just sharing our expertise in any way, it's from our perspective. And I think that that's very good, good points. And so how do you, what do you think are um, your strongest soft skills? And why do you feel that way, Laura? Oh, um, I think my, um, my strongest soft skills are, um, um, how I think how I speak, um, because I try to make sure I understand my audience and how they need to receive my message. So I, I, not that I'm reading the room, if you will, but I do make sure that I want my message to land to the audience that I'm speaking to. Um, and I think that, you know, when I, when, when I want to, um, convey a message, I definitely want to make sure that, um, I have done my homework. I have just, I have kind of understanding of where I'm personally at and when I'm walking into the room. So I would say how I speak. Love it. And what about you, Eliza? What is your soft skills superpower? I think my soft skills superpower is honestly, a combination of two soft skills. I would say creativity and problem solving are often listed as soft skills. So I think I'm a creative problem solver. Um, In my job as a public services librarian, not only am I working with the public 24 hours a day, I'm also partnering with uh, businesses and orgs in our community so that they can collaborate with the library on educational initiatives. And that takes quite a bit of creativity uh, as a librarian. Uh, You know, businesses aren't really used to seeing the local librarian waiting in their lobbies uh, to have networking meetings. Uh, But part of the creativity part of the creative structure of what I do is to make those outreaches and reintroduce the library to business owners and uh, local businesses and orgs as a resource. That requires some creativity and it definitely requires some solve, some problem solving um, because when I meet with partners and with co- uh, potential collaborators, I'm not there to sell them on the library. I'm there to see what it is the library isn't doing for them. Uh, you know, what aren't we doing? What can we do? Are you aware of these services that we offer that can be a fit for you? So bridging the creative side of my life and my, and my inner creativity with that professional soft skill of problem solving, I think together really are a superpower for me. That's great. And what I keep thinking is, you know, the LinkedIn statement is all about how, how can I help? 
Yeah. When you're presenting yourself on, well, anywhere, but particularly LinkedIn, you need your how I help statement. Mm -hmm. And yours is more like a how can I help statement. So that's that's pretty awesome. So Tom, what about you? What is your soft skill superpower? Well, I'm going to tag along with something Eliza said there about problem solving. Um, I've always viewed myself as a bit of a peacemaker. And when you're dealing with large government contracts or complicated government contracts, and again, that's the world I grew up in, uh, there's always some peace to be made in in uh, the interactions of the people. Uh, when I started my business, I was kind of intrigued because when you when you start your own firm, you can call yourself whatever you want to. And I'd go to these trade shows and I'd meet somebody and go, well, I'm president of the ABC company. And I'd say, oh, that's great. What? Uh, how many people in your company? Well, it's just me, but but I'm president. And I'm thinking, what kind of ego do you have to have to, to do that? And because I was starting a consulting firm, my thought was, well, if you don't have a problem, you don't need a consultant. And the, the corollary to that is, and if you have a government contract, you have a problem. You may not know it yet, but you do. And this was kind of my marketing approach to it. And my title from my first business card was chief problem solver. And it was the idea of bringing people together. And one of, one of the more popular classes I teach is on negotiations, which is all about people interacting and reading body language and understanding what they're really trying to achieve and how so many people will negotiate from positional bargaining, which is not very useful. You have to go behind them and find their interests. What is it they're really trying to achieve that they don't always articulate? They don't always know. And so you have to draw those kind of things out and get them on the table so that they can be negotiated properly. So I I would go with uh, the idea of problem solver, but more so a peacemaker, able to listen to people. And and unlike guys are often uh, configured, I don't have to solve your problem. I just have to listen. (laughs) We'll talk about problem solving later, but let's get everything out of the table first. I completely agree with that. And and I know you've seen my book. It's all about you can't solve problems in your head. You need to get them out there. So I'm totally with you. When when people ask me, and I guess I say cheerleading, problem solving, (laughs) Um, and project management. Those are are my high things as well as communications because I, I love talking. Well, I love writing. I really, really love talking. And I've always felt that if you develop one skill, the ability to communicate will get you further than just about anything else. Because if you can't communicate, you have nothing. Yes? Okay, we're, we're getting some nodding. Anything to add to that? Or should we move on to the next bit? <laughs> I, I, okay, yeah. we're, we're getting the thumbs up and the gold stars from Tom. So... This is so. Let's go back to something I mentioned earlier, which is everywhere I turn, people are talking about soft skills. Soft skills are not new. So what what is with this soft skill trend, or is it just because when you see one red car, every car on the street is red? Laura, do you have a yeah thought? yeah um, interesting yeah having hyper awareness. Um, around soft skills. I think it's a a culmination of quite a few things, right? We see it in, um, in business. And again, I'm coming in from that career coach from a past recruiter, kind of that lens 
Um, but I'm seeing it because the last few years we've had to really stretch ourselves when it comes to empathy, when it comes to understanding other people's, um, all of our employees and other people's situations. So I think that we're we're looking at the lens of of mental health, of hybrid working, of um, of different types of accommodations, of different types of losses and tragedies, and and really constraints that we've had to to um, to deal with, right? And sometimes we can get through those straight constraints creatively, but sometimes we really need to have the soft skills, the understanding skills, the empathy skills, the, I need to, I need to walk in your shoes so that we I can be there with you um, in where, when, where we're at. And I think a lot of the awareness or the hype, if you will, the hyper awareness or of the red car syndrome of, of uh, soft skills is really based to me of what we've been dealing with for the last few years. And I think it's just raised, it's raised the bar um, I think people are wanting to be understood. They're wanting to be heard and they're wanting to be met where they're at right now. And I think, you know, from an employment perspective, I think a lot of people operations groups or, or what we were HR groups, people operations are looking at how can we keep our employees engaged? How can we keep our employee retain our employees and not have a high attrition? And I think those soft skills are what and are what is kind of bubbling to the surface, if you will, in various ways from ERG programs to diversity programs um, to different types of DEI initiatives. I think those soft skills are something that is a lens that a lot of companies are looking at, as well as people are looking at, I need this. I need somebody to meet me where I'm at right now because I'm dealing with these constraints that we're going through. Um, I, I, to me, that's the hyper awareness or the red car syndrome that's happening right now. And I, I completely agree with you that that's one of my things is changing goal culture in the workplace because the companies that are being supportive, listening, empathetic, other people who are in most cases still working from home, the ones who take the time and the energy to meet them where they're at, that will be the difference between the companies that grow. Uh, so, Tom, what do you think? Well, I think if you, you look around society today, um, we have lost some maturity in society. And what I mean by that is that if, if you go back to the time of the, the Greek philosophers and the forums and the debates and discussions they would have, and people would bounce around ideas. And today, unfortunately, our society has gotten itself extremely polarized to the point that, well, if you don't agree with me, you're just evil. And it's like, no, we have a difference of opinion. And so it, it concerns me that we seem, again, as a society, to have lost our ability to debate and discuss rationally and to accept the fact that people have different views on things. It's okay. In fact, if we didn't have different views on things, if we were all the same, most of us would be redundant. And by having these different views, we foster innovation. In my view, without a difference of opinion, there will never be innovation because we'd all accept what is. And so to me, it, it's more of a societal thing. And I think that our news organizations and others have just bubbled it up to the surface where we, we are finally starting to talk about it. Devin, in one of the introductory things that um, in promoting this, you had talked about critical thinking being a soft skill. And I latched onto that because I was thinking, you know, she's absolutely right. Critical thinking is part of this interacting with other people and helping you see things from their view 
and you being persuasive in your communication to help them see your view. And we've we've lost a lot of that. So I'm glad we're discussing it, but it's unfortunate that we have to. We'll always find something that is <laughs> a hot button that people need to discuss. And, and you're both incredibly right. We, we need the empathy. And it's like, no, I'm right. No, I'm right. Where, where do we get people to meet in the middle? How do we do that? Is it, uh, am I fast forwarding to a later part of the conversation? <laughs> Are you asking me that question? Yes, I'm asking you that question. Um, I, I have no idea what question you're going to come up with next, which is one of the reasons I love doing these things with you. <laughs> um, but I, I think that, that there is enough sanity and there's enough, um, enough people who understand this issue that we can, with time, well, we can tone down some of the, the rhetoric that we're seeing and hearing. And I think, too, that people are being a little more selective in the rhetoric that they are hearing. And you see this even on the social media platforms where people are, are really exercising the block buttons, saying, look, if you're going to be an agitator, off my timeline. I don't want you here anymore. And you say, oh, well, you're shutting out different views. No, I'm shutting out obnoxious, irritating, I'm trying to stir up trouble views. But if you want to have a sensible discussion, I'm wide open. Let's have the discussion, even if we disagree. Therein does lie, lie the difference. So very good points. Thank you, Tom. Eliza, what do you think? Why, why is it so important now in... I should also mention, so we're recording this on Valentine's Day, and what better time to talk about compassion and empathy? And again, a thanks to Eliza for for bringing this, saying, hey, we need to have this conversation. Absolutely. I think uh, just to echo what Laura and Tom have said, the landscape of work is changing. The workplace itself is changing. The options are changing. And so is the landscape of of workers. Uh, workers are more diverse. Uh, I say this as an African-American woman uh, who works in a predominantly uh, white space. The landscape of people who are working for you, it's going beyond age and, and race. It's gender, it's sexuality, it's religion. It's so many different factors that make us all unique. And just as Tom said, those differences when embraced and acknowledged because there, there's one thing to embrace, to say, I see you, I understand you, but to acknowledge differences between others instead of scaring away from them, using those differences to ignite innovation, that's where soft skills comes in. And I think the most important soft skill that we all have to practice in our professional and personal lives is listening. Um, some of the reasons why we have so much rhetoric out here is because we, we refuse to listen to one another. We, we're not listening for one another. We're not listening to one another. We're waiting for an opportunity to speak next. And that's where the understanding fails. That's where we don't have true engagement with one another. And we're not truly embracing and appreciating and acknowledging the differences that we all bring to the workplace. And I think soft skills really helps us do that, especially with listening. I think listening is probably the most important soft skill out there because listening in, 
encourages growth. It encourages compassion. It encourages empathy. It encourages understanding when you truly listen to someone, when you truly listen to someone who may not look like you or who may not work like you. Uh, you know, that's where soft skills really come in to really help us bridge those divides so that we can have less rhetoric and more collaboration. Ooh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Less rhetoric, more collaboration. I, I want to go back to the, to listening because I think that is huge. Um, what can people do to improve their listening skills? Eliza, do you want to start? Sure, absolutely. One? I definitely want to start this one because uh, I am probably one of the most extro extroverted people that I know. And the problem with extroverts among many is they don't really have listening ears. Uh, they love to talk, talk, talk. And one thing that I've learned, especially moving from the private sector to the public sector and working specifically with the public, public is in my title. Um, uh, and it's in the title of the workplace that I work at. Um, listening, improving your listening really means eye contact, and really concentrating on what someone's saying, not listening for an opening for you to respond. Always go into a conversation uh, like a kindergartner. Like, I, I have no idea what you're going to tell me. I am here to absorb everything you have to say. If you go into a conversation thinking of it in terms of a debate or in terms of I need to get my piece out before they say what they need to say, that's not listening. That's not listening. Uh, I think one thing that I do that can help me be a better listener is, again, I go in with the intent, intention to understand this person, to give this person a platform to tell me what they need from the library, what they need from the city uh, in, some, in some of those conversations. So really go into it with an intent to learn about someone. When you go into a conversation with an intent to learn about someone, to truly learn who they are and what they do and what they need, then the listening comes naturally. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love that. I, I see Laura's like chomping a bit to chime in on this one. So please. Yeah, yeah I know. I know. I know. I echo what Eliza said, but I also, um, I would add on to get curious kind of that, like she said, that kindergarten mindset. I think the more questions we ask, the better listeners we become. We don't have an opinion. We are not here to like come across as being the expert in the room at that moment. We're there to, like you said, absorb that person, see that person, hear that person, and really just continue to me ask questions. And I always think about coming from um, a, a place of kindness, right? If we start from a place of kindness, I think a lot of times um, that listening skill gets activated. Um, Physically, one of the things that I do in my business to be a active listener is I shut the Zoom off and I often take calls, just calls. Um, and I, I do that because I can be a better listener and be an active listener and not have my other senses happening with my like my vision, like looking around and seeing your background. That's literally one little little thing you could actually do today, tomorrow. Um, but I always think, um, you know, asking the why, asking, can you tell me more about that? That's interesting. Tell me more about that. And just keeping those open-ended questions going to, to help that person share 
what they want to share, um, it, especially because not all of them are extroverts like we kind of are. Um, <laughs> so getting them to share and by keeping asking questions. And, and to me, that makes you a better listener as well. One thing I frequently do because, you know, my picture is under the word extrovert in the dictionary is when I go to these networking things, they say, who wants to go first? I always want to go first, but I try not to. So that that's my little um, extrovert hack to pretend I'm an introvert. And I find that sometimes truly helpful, except then no one wants to talk and I end up going first anyway, but that's a whole nother rabbit hole. But to look at the things that you do and do the opposite of what comes naturally to see what comes of that. So that's what, what you were saying invoked to me. And I love phone call Friday. I try to do one day a week where I'm not on the zoom because I exactly what you said, Laura, I think it's helpful to be able to just fully concentrate. So Tom, what are your tips for being a better listener? As I mentioned with the study I did on leadership and the number of different elements I came up with and, I emphasize again, they're not all clear cut. For example, when you mention active listening, and I'm thinking, oh, well, I, I wrote about that in the book. And my first look was, and I wrote this now, keep in mind, I wrote this and I can't find where I wrote it in my own chart uh, because I was looking in communication. And then I realized, no, I didn't put it there. I put it over in compassion, which is more of the people skills and under the subheading of empathy. And, and it's just interesting to me when I hear others talk about these sorts of things. And by the way, uh, my eye on the Myers-Briggs is way off the chart. You know, I, I'm more than happy. When, when we started the social distancing, I got to tell you, we introverts were way ahead of all of you. you know, we, we, we hadn't been around people forever, and, and we're very happy that way. Uh, but the point being that, that listening is certainly a key skill, and it's kind of, if you're building a Maslow hierarchy of needs kind of approach to this, Listening is fundamental. You, you got to start there. And, and you have to, and Eliza pointed this out, not be thinking how you're going to respond or thinking how you would do it if you were them. It's absorbing exactly what they're saying and what they're attempting to communicate. And, and that drags me back over into another section of the thinking side of it. Because when I'm listening, if I'm thinking about what they're saying and I'm trying to if you will, instill their thoughts into my matrix, which is kind of how we have to do these sorts of things. There are three types of thinking that I think you need to apply to things you hear. And the first is critical thinking. Ask the question why. And if you want to get people to talk about themselves, just little kids know how to do this. How did we forget it? Just keep asking why, 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 and it'll dig deeper and deeper. But critical thinking, uh, systems thinking, and that's one that I think we we mess up a lot, even as uh, as mature adults, in the sense that we, we say, oh, well, that was an unintended consequence. And every time I hear that, I'm like, no, you didn't do systems thinking on it. You wouldn't have unintended consequences. You, know, you should have thought the whole thing through. And the third is strategic thinking, which gets more in with the, the goals uh, aligning and making sure that you have where you are, where you want to be, and how do you get there. And so when I'm trying to listen to people, if I'm doing anything mentally that, that I'm aware of, it's applying all three of those types of thinking to what they're saying. And this allows me to then have them expand on it and say, well, I see what you're saying, but have you thought about how that would play out systems thinking? 
this is going to happen, that's going to happen. Here's how people are going to respond, etc. So, it, it, it listening is is a great fundamental skill. But all of this other stuff of empathy and asking good questions, as Laura pointed out, doing all of the thinking that's necessary, you got to bring it all out. And if you don't, you're going to miss something. Well, and then it comes back to the question of logic, right? If we were all logical, the world would be perfect. But what is logic? Live long and prosper. Logic is... um, it's something that people don't often um, practice. Uh, it, absolutely true. Um, and what I love is, and you see this on social media all the time, people that have fallen into the trap of logical fallacies. And you see people using circular reasoning, and you're like, that. you, you can't think that way. You don't get resolutions with circular reasoning. Um, you see people take these leaps of faith uh, not, and not the Kierkegaard leap of faith, but a leap of faith on something that's just false. Um, and you're like, how do I pull them back from the cliff? And I have to remind myself sometimes that I'm not here to save the world. You know, it's just one person at a time that we're going to be interacting with and, and trying to help, again, see your way of things through persuasion, but listening to them and understanding where the common ground is and where you can start to build that foundation. The other phrase I was thinking of was common sense. What's the least common thing that exists? Common sense. Yep. Very uncommon. So how do we superheroes of the soft skills make the world a better place? No, that's an actual question. Do you want to start with that? Start us off with that, Tom. Uh, Okay. Um, I've never thought of myself as a hero, um, and and uh, I have some quotes around about you, you don't really need heroes. What you need are people who are going to do something, uh, you know, the hands-on workers. Uh, I, I think my comment about one person at a time is, is useful, but sometimes there's that base knowledge that you've got to get out there. And Unfortunately, as I said, people don't know how to listen anymore. People don't know how to persuade anymore. And so some of the classes that I'm now developing and putting online are exactly along those lines of how do I make myself the best possible version of me? Because I'm going to bring my unique 24 hours to the table every time. And how do I adapt that for the needs of the person I'm speaking to or working with or teaching? And so I, I think if we keep that outward focus more often than the, than as I mentioned at the beginning, but they're going to see me with my cast and uh, my arm in a cast. It's like, nobody cares about that. But if you show a little compassion, a little empathy, um, and wasn't it my Angelo who said that they're, they're always going to remember how you made them feel. And if you keep that in the back of your mind, you'll do pretty well in your soft skill development. So I paraphrased you for the purposes of my recap, because I do that. Um, become the best possible version of yourself so you're in a better position to understand and help others. That's one reason to do it. There are many others, but yes, I can, I can okay. agree with that one. Okay, good. I like it. Uh, Laura, what do you think? Um, I Well, I will um, uh, share 
I ask every single one of my clients the billboard question. And if there was a billboard that you had, um, um, and uh, you know, a hundred thousand people walk past it every day, everyone's kind of heard of the billboard. What would it say? What would your what would what would what do you stand for? And what would it say? And um, and I think the the best billboard I've ever heard is see people. Um, and I think that we need to see people and we need to understand people. And that's the soft skill that we've been talking about this last hour is, you know, being empathetic, showing up, being curious, wanting to get to know people, wanting to understand who they are and what they're about and how we can create a harmonious interaction or a non-harmonious interaction, Tom, but a harmonious interaction um, or persuasion. Um, but but really see people for who they are and you show up and you're in your best self. Um, I think for me, I think that's probably the biggest, um, that's the most important. I love it. And what about you, Eliza? I think the best way that I can be a contributor uh, and use my soft skills is to go within. Uh, I, I am a very spiritual person. Uh, I have a almost daily meditation practice. And I try to engage just moments of peace and moments of breath throughout my day, several times a day. And I find that when I do that, especially before I have a collaboration meeting or any kind of dialogue with, with a partner or a potential partner, I find that when I'm grounded in myself, I bring a grounded version of myself to that conversation. And when I bring a grounded version of myself to that conversation, there is no room for ego. There is no room uh, for me to think that, you know, what, what can I do? What, what am I, what is this about for me? It's about me being of service to someone else, uh, especially with what I do. So uh, for me, it is really about just grounding myself and making sure that I am the most accessible person that this person needs. And so that when I'm grounded in me, then I can make sure that I'm listening uh, to everything that they need. It's fantastic. And this, so this is what I'm going through. It's like, it sounds like so much work to be the best version of yourself, but mm -hmm. actually I think it's less work to be who you are authentically. And a, a huge reason of what why I do what I do is, you know, set your goals. Think about what the life you want looks like. Because when you are living your best life, then you are in a better position to emanate joy, love, understanding, and all the other good soft skill words. So we're getting to, like, one of my favorite parts of the conversation. Okay, the whole conversation. Um the, at this point, what I would love from each of my guests is to gift a goal to people who are watching or listening. Uh, what is one thing someone can do today, tomorrow, immediately to improve their soft skills? Do you want to start us off, Tom? Uh, I'd be happy to. Um, my, my suggestion for an excellent goal for you to pick is to read a book. And I'm going to make some specific suggestions, but so many people, and I don't care if it's an ebook or however you like to digest the information, but read a book because there is a lot of literature out there on the subject. Not all of it's good, but there's a lot of it out there that is very good. If your issue is in asking excellent questions, I'm going to send you to a lady by the name of Dorothy Leeds, L-E-E-D-S. Uh, her, her most popular book is The Seven Powers of Questions. 
And it's an outstanding book that, that talks about asking great questions. If you have trouble listening uh, generally or communicating, there's a series of books that's, that have been put out by Deborah Tannen. And Deborah Tannen has just a whole series of things about, um, the one I love is, the title is great. It's for mothers and daughters. And the title of the book is You're Wearing That. Uh, but she's got a whole series of them about men and women and, and different segments of society and how they communicate. Uh, and so go read a Deborah Tannen book. And if you want to think about thinking, and I emphasize that, think about thinking, um, there's a book by Morgan Jones that's called The Thinker's Toolkit. And it gives you a whole series of, of tools that help your thinking, everything from matrices to fishbone charts to just, I think he's got 14 of them in his book. So any of these areas would help you if you just read a book about it. Whenever reading a book is a goal, it is a good goal because we need to be self-educating constantly. So love that. I hope I spelled all the authors' names right. If I didn't, to heck the recap, uh, go to thedebmethod.com slash blog and you can get the recap as well as these goals and the links, which in a few minutes our guests will share of where you can find them. Eliza, what is your goal? Uh, the goal I'd like to share with the audience is uh, for your next interaction, whether you have a meeting tomorrow or you're planning a Zoom call later in the week, before you step into that interaction, before you get out of your car to do an in-person, before you click to open that chat room for Zoom, say to yourself, I am here to learn. Remind yourself that you are not here to solve someone's problems right off the bat, especially if this is your first interaction with them. You're not here to tell them all about yourself and your wonderful business or your wonderful plans. Say to yourself, I am here to learn. I am here to learn more about this person. I'm here to learn more about this organization. So uh, making that promise to yourself to just repeat those words, I think will put you in a great mindset to listen and absorb and truly authentically engage. I love it. Fantastic. Laura, your turn. Yeah. Um, I'm going to um, uh, uh, say uh, or ask a little bit bigger of a goal and that um, we don't have an opportunity these days to do what we call in human resources a 360, meaning we're going to go in as a coach or we're going to go in as an HR representative and ask all of your um, colleagues, your your direct report up up and down, the people you report to, the people that report to you, cross-functional business partners, and to get a really good idea of who you are. So there's areas that we can work on that we're not aware of ourselves, right? We're not aware of these and how we show up in different interactions. And because we don't have that environment anymore, and we may not for a very long time, I challenge you to go and, and, and ask for honest reviews from the people that you interact with. I go, I, ask, I challenge you, not just your friends and family, because they love you and they'll say wonderful things about you, but to all of your business partners, to all of your vendors, to all of your cross-functional um, uh, people in your life and see what kind of feedback you get because people are going to see you so differently in every aspect of your life and just kind of do your own audit, basically. 
how do I show up? How am I showing up personally, professionally, in my friendships, in my business interactions? And, and see what's there and see where from there, I think there might be some building blocks to work on. Now, what is a good starter question for something like this? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think sharing with um, uh, sharing with people, kind of setting it up properly so you get the right feedback is, how have I shown up recently in our last interaction? Got it. So uh, how am I showing up? Yeah, how am I showing up? How am I showing up? Did I make my point? Did it come across? Was I, you know, was... Was I as engaged as I thought I was? Um, you know, was I? Was there something? It, you know, we all we all think we show up in a certain way. We have this thought bubble in our head, and other people perceive us to very differently. Um, and we want to get to that. How how am I really showing up? I like that. I, I like that question. I add, how do you perceive me? Because yeah, that that really covers the whole. Mm-hmm. Variety. I I don't always do this, but I'm going to add one. And I'm going to say schedule a Zoom free day once a week if you can do it. It is so energizing. It's unbelievable. I every now and then I do I do have to do a call on my Zoom free day, but see how that helps you because it'll help with the listening. But I also think it helps with your energy level. Because it's so nice not to be on. I mean, we have to be on. I I don't think I've ever been camera ready this many days in a week ever before the pandemic. But now it's like we're we're always firing on all cylinders. So I guess my goal is to give your brain a break. And just that way you can also practice the the conversations being really, really invested in all of them. So. Zoom free Friday or whatever ever day. That's my bonus goal. Uh, before we wrap, uh, please tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, let's start with you, Tom. Uh, thanks again. Um, I'm active on Twitter and LinkedIn, and you can find me there. You can always find me in Gold Chat on Sunday nights. Um, yes, for, my websites, <laughs> for my websites, for my websites, the book is uh, the website's the name of the book, which is sustainedleadershipwbs.com. And when you go there, you can see a copy of this this chart. It's on there, downloaded, it's free, and take a look. And, and if you think about the things we've discussed tonight, my point about soft skills being spread across the entire spectrum of leadership development, you'll see that it's true because we've touched on so many of those areas. So, uh, yeah, Sustained Leadership WBS is the best uh, website to find me. And if all else fails, now this is hard to remember, so you may want to write this down. You go to asktomreed.com, and you can ask me a question there. Ooh, I didn't know about that one. I like it. 24-7 access to Tom. (laughs) Fantastic. Thank you. And, Laura, where can people find you? Yeah. um, I am on LinkedIn. I live on LinkedIn. So um, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, Facebook is under Meredith Consulting LLC.com. And that's my website, Meredith Consulting LLC.com. Um, and I am on Twitter, but it is LD Leach at, yeah, my Twitter handle. 
it's been a while. <clears throat> yes. Well, we, we've been tweeting to one of your names last couple of weeks in anticipation of today's conversation. Uh, thank you. And Eliza, where can people find you? All right. Well, I am almost everywhere. You can find me here on LinkedIn under uh, Kelly Forkenbrock. I also have an Eliza David account on LinkedIn as well. But if you really want to get in touch with me, look for me under Kelly Forkenbrock, which you can uh, search me under. Uh, you can find my Eliza David everywhere else, including Amazon. My first book is absolutely free. It's Valentine's Day. So if you're interested in a nice romance, you can grab that for absolutely free. That's a shameless plug. Uh, but you can also find me on uh, Instagram under Right Girl Problems, and that's Right W R I T E Girl Problems, all one word. And my handle on my Facebook page, as well as on Twitter, is Eliza D Writes. So please feel free to reach out to me, uh, Twitter, IG, Facebook, uh, and LinkedIn. Fantastic! It, 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 don't we live in a wonderful world where everybody? It's not always for good, but in the case of these conversations, everybody could pretty much find everybody. So yeah. look for uh, look for me if we're not connected and all the guests on LinkedIn and Twitter and everywhere else you want to dive into that social media abyss. All right. And again, if you want uh, the recaps, please go to thedevmethod.com slash blog. I put up the recaps every Tuesday and then every Thursday, a new episode of the Deb Show comes out, so thedebshow.com. And you can learn about more about what I do if you go to thedebmethod.com slash goals. And of course, if you need a guide, if you need something else to read, grab your copy of your goal guide, a roadmap for setting, planning, and achieving your goals on Amazon or at your favorite place to buy books. What a wonderful conversation. I, I'm just feeling all the, the love and the empathy and the compassion just oozing out of my screen. I would love for all of you to, in the, in the heart, the heart notes from our friend Tom. Those of you who are listening, you're just going to have to just watch the replay just to see all the personality just oozing from the screen. Um, I'd love to leave everybody with a final word or two of wisdom. So final thought, Tom. I love how you put me on the spot for this. You're welcome. Um, I, I would go back to something I said earlier, because to me, it is, it is so important. You're the only you that ever has and ever will exist. And you owe it to yourself and the world to be the best possible version of you because you will bring things to the table that no one else can or will. And so strive to be the best possible version of you, however you perceive that to be. And, and if you have trouble with that, I always recommend you find three mentors, kind of ties in with Laura's uh, approach to the 360. Uh, the three mentors would be someone who has achieved what you want to achieve. They've been down that path, they can help you. Somebody who knows your current situation, your work life, your family life, those kind of things. And third, and by the way, these should be different people. The third is somebody who's going to kick your butt when you need it, because sometimes we all need it. Very well put. Thank you, Tom. And Laura, what is your final thought? Oh, my final thought. I think if we um, lead with courage and, and kindness um, we will always show up authentically. 
Love it. Fantastic. And Eliza, what is your final thought? My final thought is soft skills uh, are everything as long as you bring everything to them. And the key to listening is to learn. So always go into every interaction in your life, whether it's professional or personal, to learn more about the person in front of you, not just to debate them. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much to Tom Reed, Eliza David, AKA Kelly and Laura Leach for joining us today on Gold Chat Live for a wonderful chat on soft skills. Again, I'm Deborah Eckerling. You can find me at the Deb Method everywhere. And in the meantime, my final thought is you're here. You've chosen yourself. Good for you. Go develop those soft skills. Develop the who you are. Bring it to the world. Go out there. Go for it. And we know you can do it. Thanks for listening to The Deb Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Deb Method on social media, and check out thedebmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.